Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. It's your boy, Zach. Tim will be joining us in a little bit, but for the time being, we're getting started. Our next guest today is Tony Jacobson. I saw you are the author of a book, Disable Your Disability, a motivational speaker, an adaptive fitness coach. So I think the best place where we can start is the beginning. Okay. So bring us back. Bring us bring us back to day one. What got you into working people with disabilities? How did you start? All right. Well, thanks. First of all, thank you so much for having of course. me. On the podcast. Of course. This is great. I love what you're doing. I listened to a couple episodes and, the, and it's just so great to have this platform to be able to jump on and and share the story and share the message. So absolutely. First, that's first of all, thank you so much. Um, yeah, let's take it back. All right. It all started in 1971. No, okay. We won't go that far back, but uh, we will. No, start- hey, we can go that far back. <laughs> we will start with my birth because that's when, you know, I was born and I was born with my disability. It's called osteogenesis imperfecta. Go ahead and say that five times fast. I'll wait. It's a, it's a tricky one, but osteogenesis <laughs> imperfecta. That's it. That's it. Um, you know, it's also known as OI or brittle bones disease. So, you know, uh, the layman's term is brittle bones disease. And uh, that's what I have. I have type one and um, that's the mildest form of, of OI. And, uh, you know, I started breaking bones when I was like 16 months old. That's when I, my, I broke my leg for the very first time. And you know, between then and now, I'm 51 now. <laughs> and between then and now, I've broken about 75-ish times, different, mostly in my legs, uh, some in my uh, arms and other bones in my body, my ribs, other things, but mostly in my legs. And, uh, and it was mostly happening when I was a kid. So because of that, I used a wheelchair when I was younger and uh, got around using that and then um, moved on to crutches once I was in high school. And then finally, when I was in my early 20s, I had a, a operation, I had a ton of surgeries, about 12 of them total. And those were mostly to put pins in my legs. So I have steel rods in my legs. And uh, when I had my final surgery, which was when I was 24, um, I had that one because I had bent the rod that was in my leg. and. Uh, they needed to take that out and replace it. So they took that out, replaced it. It made both my legs both the same length, which was amazing. And amazingly, at that time, the doctor got me up on my feet without crutches, and I actually started walking for the first time, like unassisted, without anything. Wow. And so that was like an amazing part of life. Um, but it, it wasn't the end. You think that was the end. You think, okay, cool, is everything set. But that's not what happened for me because since I was so scared of breaking bones, like I, I didn't do anything physical for the next 20 years. <laughs> I was like, you know, just basically trying to be careful, uh, not do anything too crazy. And because of that, you know, life got the best of me and I ended up, you know, getting super unhealthy, gained tons of weight, uh, you know, didn't work out any muscles in my legs. So my legs got weaker. And uh, I would, I'd lived with pain, like daily chronic pain every single day. Um, my back, uh, I was taking antacids like every single day. I mean, tons of stuff was happening. So, you know, I was super unhealthy. That was when I was approaching my 40th birthday. And that's always a landmark birthday for people, right? And so when I was hitting, coming up on 40, I was like, man, I really got to do something because I don't feel good. You know, I wanted to, to be around for my wife, for my kids. I want to do stuff, right? And then finally, um, the straw that broke the camel's back was a doctor's visit that I went to. 
because I was having pain in my stomach. So I went to the doctor. He takes a bunch of tests, does an EKG on me, and tells me that I might have had a heart attack. And at that point, man, that's when, <laughs> that's when it all really changed for me. I mean, that's when life comes into perspective for me. Even after dealing with everything that my disability brought, that, you know, was life or death for me. So it was like, oh my God, I, I have to do something. This is it. So, you know, it took me a while. It took me a little bit to kind of psychologically, mentally figure out what to do. But, um, you know, I had to flip the switch and I had to say, hey, you know, how do I embrace my disability? How do I really take hold of my disability? Because up until then it had been controlling me. So it was like, how do I take control of my disability so that I can get healthy? so that I can get fit. And so I just went at it. It was a lot of mental work and it was a lot of physical work, of course. Um, I hired a personal trainer, right? We went to the gym, he worked with me for about nine months and through that nine months, it was a, it was a miracle. I started pushing myself more physically than I ever had, started lifting weights. Uh, I dropped like 40 pounds, 40, 45 pounds during that time. And then the biggest thing was that I finally started to uh, run and jump. So I had never jumped in my life, right? And uh, through that time with my trainer, I actually started at the end of that training, I actually started doing box jumps in the gym. And that was like a huge accomplishment because I, you know, through my history, I had never thought that that would be possible. And then, uh, you know, after that, I ran in my first 5K. That was another huge accomplishment. And, uh, and then, you know, that's when everything changed for me because I was like, you know what, I really accomplished a, an amazing goal for myself. How can I help others do this too? And that's when I wrote my book. I went and got trained as a trainer, you know, and I'm like, how can I help other people do this same exact thing? So, um, you know, and that's been over, uh, that was about 10 years ago, I went through my transformation. About five years ago, I wrote my book. I've been training now uh, others for about five years, and it is an incredible journey. It is just amazing to have gone through what I've gone through, being able to distill that information and that knowledge and that experience and give it to other people now. So um, yeah, just out here transforming lives, man. Just out here, you know, showing people how to be unbreakable, how to disable their disabilities, and uh, you know, live the healthy life they deserve. Like I say in my book title. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love. So I want you. You brought up the first time you were you were ever you were ever able to walk. Bring bring me back into that mindset. What was that like? Man, I'll tell you what. It's crazy because you know most people uh, that don't have disabilities that uh, you know everyone starts walking as a baby, right? So I mean, I never had that. I never had that experience. So you never really think about what that means for you. Um, most people just do it, and so for me, when it actually happened. Um, it was like I was taken back to like childlike memories and thoughts. I mean, it was like I was giddy about it. I was like, I was all the feelings. I was all the feelings because I was an adult already, right? So I had all the feelings. I was happy, giddy, excited, at the same time, scared, nervous, uh, you know, apprehensive, all of those negative feelings as well, because it was just amazing to, you know, experience that at such a, a late age later on in life age so it was all of those feelings combined um at that at that moment and again for me the the biggest feeling that 
came over me was the be careful. You know, I, ha I have to be careful, even though I can walk now and I can do it unassisted. No matter what, I have to be careful. And I have to watch out and I have to like take care of myself because I just didn't want to break anything, you know. So um, that's really what that experience was for me. And it was it was great for everyone around me, too. You know, uh, all my family, my friends and everything, they couldn't believe it either. So, uh, yeah, it was all of that stuff combined. It must have been really nice having their support along with that. Yeah, absolutely. So what what made you actually want want to write the book? How did how did that process go? What did that look like? Well, for me, I always I've always been in the creative industry in the entertainment industry and I've written a lot of things and um, I've always wanted to write a book. Uh, just about something, you know, be it my life or a memoir or some, you know, uh, character driven book. I don't know, but I've always had that kind of in the back of my mind and in my heart. And then once I kind of went through my transformation and I was like, really, you know, then other people started telling me, you got to write a book, you got to write a book. And I never really had like an idea, a, a, a solid theme of like, what would I write about? And so once I went through the transformation, I knew, I was like, well, I can write about this. I can be very specific and say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna write about my, uh, my past. It's gonna be part memoir. It's gonna be all like the theme of it is about the physical activity that's involved with my, my life. And then the second half of the book is a how-to. It's like, well, how can I help others and what advice can I give? So that's how the book was born. It was like, okay, it's time. It was just kind of one of those things where I had it in back of my mind. People were telling me to do it. And then all of it coalesced and it was like, all right, it's time to write the book. Let's do it. Wow. And how long, how long has the book been out for so far? A uh, book came out in 2017. Oh, I got to get me a copy. Yeah, absolutely. And we get a copy. Yeah, it's available on Amazon. I'll send it to you guys. Come on. You, you, just give me your addresses. I'll send it out to you. Yeah, I appreciate but, uh, it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, would love, I would love to read it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Tim, by the way. Just Hey, Tim, what's going on? Welcome. Just to be sure. <laughs> thank, to be sure. You, thank you so much. Sorry I'm a little late, but, you know, it happens. <laughs> it's all good. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, so uh, the book's been out uh, since 2017, and uh, it's been great. It's been great. It's, uh, it's opened up a lot of doors. It's introduced me to a lot of circles and communities, um, especially within my disabled community, the OI community. I've been able to really, you know, get in there and like help as many people as possible, serve where I can, and then just in, into the outside world. You know, a book is always is always good to to get the word out and um, and spread a message. So it's really the foundation of everything, and then you know, I kind of build everything off of that. That's awesome. There was there was something else I wanted to say I forgot about, but. I just remembered when you when you were talking about the box jumps. It's funny because me having a leg disorder myself, I felt like I was kind of experiencing the same feelings of not wanting to work out. I always used it as an excuse for me. And then one of the very first videos I ever took of myself, like my my form is horrible, but it was <laughs> it was of me doing a box jump. And you can see, like, I'm going, like, on, on the tips of my toes, I'm about to fall off. But I have the biggest smile on my face just because I was able to get it. Because every, like, all the doctors used to say, oh, you can't jump or, or don't don't jump rope. It's not going to be good for you. But then I was like, I, <laughs> no, I want to do it. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I felt, too. And it was great because um, 
from the beginning when I started my transformation, when I got in with my trainer, right? He said, well, what are some of the things you want to accomplish? And I told him, you know, it'd be cool to jump. You know, I'd like to jump maybe, <laughs> you know, just kind of like an off thing. I want to run. I want to jump. Those were kind of two big things for me. And so he started me. He heard that and he started me early. So it was like just constantly doing things to improve my legs and, and improve my strength and really get my uh, agility going. So he, he started me small, you know, we went small step, a little bigger, a little big, like, you know, eventually over the yeah. months that it took. And so by the time I hit that 16 inch, it was like, well, I was still scared. Trust me. I was still like, oh my God, I stood there probably. And there were times when I didn't do it right where I stood in front of the box and I scared myself out of it. And I walked How long away. did it take you? It took me, well, when I first, uh, when I first started my transformation, it was about like eight months uh, to get to where I could actually do a jump, right? Okay, okay. And then when it was time to do the jump, it still took me probably a good month, like to do that final like 16 inch jump where it was like, I would- You kind of had to wrap your head around it, huh? I did, I did. I had to like wrap my heart around it. It was like, you know, my head was there and I knew I could do it and I felt it, but my heart wasn't there yet because of just all the years of, you know, being scared. Right. So I was like, when I finally did it, it felt so good. And then I right, did it again right. and I did it again. I think I did like, you know, five times in a row, just that, just that set. And, uh, it was amazing because man, just that feeling, like you're saying, like, it's just the biggest smile. And you're like, Oh my God, I've accomplished a huge life changing thing right now. And so, yeah, it's been like that ever since. Yeah. Something, something I I've come to realize recently that you kind of just made, made it kind of like, you just kind of hit the, hit the, hit the nail on it. It's a lot of, things i mean fitness whether whether it's fitness or, or business a lot of it is like planting a seed you're you're doing all this work but like you said for the first eight months you you were working on it until you were able to actually get it and then see the results a lot of it you can't you can't see for a while and i think that's what a lot of people including me struggle with in terms of like laying the groundwork because it's not visible yet but when you really look at it, everything is happening for a reason and everything that all the powers are working to help you. It's just, yeah. you got it. You have to plant the seed first and then cater it. Yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole thing is mental anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, with you having to, you know, wrap your head around it and then finally getting it and then even not seeing results at first, you just have to realize that it's going to come. It's, it just isn't there yet, you know? Yeah. And it's the progression of it, you know? Like you're saying, you plant that seed. You're like, dude, why am I doing so many squats? And then, like, eventually, like, oh, it's because I'm making my legs stronger. Oh, okay. Oh, and it's that's the yeah. actual motion that I do when I jump. So, yeah, it's those little, little seed, uh, the little seed that you put in at the beginning and then the work that you put in to actually finally see that, uh, that end result. And then those, those little victories along the way are priceless best yeah. part yeah there was one time uh, i tell the story in the book too of uh we were working out and like 
I, I saw my, I looked down at my leg. I was doing like, I forget what it was, like calf raises or something. I looked down at my leg and like it was kind of bulging out and I got kind of scared at first. And I was like, oh my God, what would I do to my leg? And he's, and my trainer's like, dude, that's your muscle. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. I literally had tears in my eyes, man. Cause I had never seen, I had never built up a muscle like that, number one, and seen that on my leg, number two. So it was like that little victory of like, oh, dang, dude, my legs are getting stronger. I can actually do this and build this muscle up. It was amazing. That's really why I love fitness, because you can take any disability where like any disability. If you go to the doctors or a specialist, everybody is going to tell you what, what you can't do or what's wrong with your body. But the second you get into fitness it's about accomplishment. It's about what abilities do you have? It's very minor looking at the disability to what, to what you can't do and really focusing on everything that, that, that you can really like that. Your, yeah. That, that, that's how you kind of run everything too. That's been the biggest thing with working with clients. Um, and anybody, that's been part of my biggest message just with people in general, because we will automatically just as human beings look at what we can't do first. So it's like, nah, man, you got to you got to X that list out and you got to put the list together of what you can do, because especially with a disability, everyone is faced with those limitations just on a daily basis. So we're ingrained with, you know, facing the things that we can't do just kind of automatically. Right. And so we don't want to shine light on that. So any clients that come my way, anybody that, you know, just wants to get motivated, I tell them, you know, we're not going to look at what we can't do. We're going to make a list of what we can do. And we're going to continuously refer back to that list because that's the list we need to focus on. Even if it's only three things compared to the 30 things you can't do, that doesn't matter because those three things are going to make a difference in your life. So we're going to focus on those three things. And again, just like Tim said, it's that mental shift to understand, yeah, I'm just going to do what I can, you know, when it comes to weightlifting, when it comes to any sort of movement, you know, I have limited mobility in my hips and whatnot. So like there's moves I, I can say I can't do, but guess what? There's a form of that move I can do. I can do, I just got to think about what is the muscle I'm trying to work here and let me do my version of that. And that's what I do. And that's what I help my clients do too. You know, that's the whole point. I'm trying to help you know i always say the adaptive fitness is me adapting the fitness to what you need right so that's that's really a big point of it is like really focusing on what we can do absolutely now i have a question so something i found when i first started getting into adaptive fitness was how many people i was able to relate to because outside of my life when i got into adaptive fitness i wasn't really surrounded by people where like if i said oh my legs are tight today and like i just wasn't feeling good I wasn't really surrounded with a lot of people who would truly understand something like that simple. And then all of a sudden I started interning with, with this program called Epic where I was actually, I was actually working with Tim here and That's where I come in. Yep. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then I said that to him one time, I, I just said, Oh, my legs are so tight and I was just uncomfortable. And I think he said, oh, I know what you mean. And that, that little, like that little, I know what you mean changed everything yeah, I, re I really do know what he means yeah i wake up with stiffness every day that's you know, what i'm every day it's it's never ends yeah it's not a day where you don't wake up with stiffness or maybe even something hurting maybe it might be something that's hurting for a little while and then you're not 
Yeah. But it does happen. It happens. Yeah. And just being able to relate to that and saying, yeah, you know, um, someone with a disability relates even to the pain of exercise differently, right? Because we all kind of have different things that uh, can be related. There's the normal kind of pain that people get from exercise. And then with our disabilities, depending on what you got going on, you're going yeah. to have something else going on. So exactly, Zach, being able to relate to that, that's absolutely a huge point, man. I remember too, when I started working out, I reached into my community, my OI community, and nobody was talking about fitness. Like there was only maybe one or two people and they weren't really involved in the community. And so I really dove in and was trying to get people to like pulling it, pulling it out of people like saying, Hey, have you experienced it? I continued talked about it. And luckily people did come out the woodworks. And now the community like really focuses on it, which is awesome. But uh, at the beginning, man, I was struggling to find people who could relate. My trainer did his best, you know, he did his best to understand and he did a really good job, but yeah, when I meet other adaptive fitness uh, professionals and athletes and uh, people with disabilities that are working out, it is so comfortable. It's like you could just get to that shorthand where you're talking about something, you're talking about a move, you're like, yeah, man, I can't really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to do this or whatever. And someone will just say, oh, just try it this way. Or, you know, it's like just a, a, a secondhand, you know, like second nature kind of talking about the the actual fitness part of it and that feels so good it makes life easier anyway just yeah. just having a community where you can talk to somebody about anything yeah it, it's not just fitness it's it's life in general and you you really do understand what it's all about when you're talking to talking to a person who understands what it's all about you know exactly yeah, exactly. There's a there's a an unspoken, you know, sometimes unspoken language there. It's you like know, an unspoken code almost. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, you kind of you kind of get that. It's and it's I'm, the weirdest thing, but it's really like that. And I'm finding that uh, you know, the more I work with people with other types of disabilities as well, I'm noticing that it's kind of just within the disability community, so it feels good. Because then I, I reached a point where it's like, well, only my fellow OIers know what I'm going through. But then once I started talking with other people, they're like, then I realized, oh, no, we're all going through this at the same time. So it doesn't matter what disability we have. We're all kind of looking at this differently and feeling it differently. And we all do have something in common. And that's been a great part of the journey, too. Tell me, where did it where did the hashtag unbreakable come from? Oh, unbreakable, baby. So unbreakable, you know, it's uh, it was this movie that came out. The dude in it, uh, Samuel oh. Jackson, right? He, he yeah. has, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so he has OI in the movie, and oh. uh, so within our community, we're split. There, like some people like it, some people hate it. <laughs> but um, for me, being unbreakable, you know, I really wanted to take it to the next level. It's all capitalized. There's hashtag, right? It's easy to find. And we are big and bold when it comes to being unbreakable. So for me, it's not about not breaking. Like we're going to break no matter what happens in life. There's going to be breaking moments. But for me, it's learning how to really embrace those breaks and redefine who we are so that in the future, we're not so affected by the same challenges so that we can be unbreakable throughout. So that's what the hashtag unbreakable is, is really all about. I, I, I love that movie and I, I didn't even, I didn't even put that together until you said it. Yeah. 
did you purposely say split because that's that's the second name of the movie in the series oh split is i loved split i liked unbreakable the first movie oh, i liked the series that movie. yeah and split was split was great too it was great to see the like kind of the finale but yeah it, it's a it's an interesting series there again it's it's a split kind of decision some people hate it some people like it i like it because it got the word out about oi like because our my disability is very rare so not a lot of people know about it so anyway it can be out in the mainstream you know i'm doing my best to get the word out too so anything i do you know when people ask about unbreakable i tell them about oi i tell them about why i do it you know i break my bones easily blah 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 so i love to just share the knowledge too because the more we can get out there, the better is, you know, just let people know what's going on. Have you ever, have you ever run into somebody that reminds you of a younger version of yourself kind of going through similar things you were as a child? And if so, how does that make you feel? I absolutely do. Uh, especially within the work that I've been doing within my OI community, there's a, you know, I'm constantly faced with questions from not only parents, but younger kids and young adults who are asking me the same stuff they have the same type that i might have right and they they have about the same sort of break uh, fracture history etc and they see me and they're like oh man i i hope i can work out too oh i hope i can you know do something and get stronger or maybe they're on the other end they're like oh i could never do what you do etc and so i get a plethora of feelings where I just want to let them know, you know, I immediately go into it and say, well, what, what knowledge can I share? What experience can I share with them so that it, it can build some confidence and encourage them to know that there's something different and know that they can accomplish this. So I get, in, I get encouraged by it and I, and I get inspired by my younger self, you know, cause I, I remember being there, you know, and I never forget that. I never forget, you know, shoot, just you know 10 years ago i didn't even really know anybody with my disability i didn't know anybody that ever exercised with my disability right so now i do my best to be that voice for my younger self so if somebody has any as ever has any questions yo, know, i'll answer whatever questions you got you know here's my book like connect with me reach out if you got questions like I love it because if I can be the voice of encouragement, then that makes it way easier for them. I love that because in a lot of, in some of the group chats I'm in on Facebook for my leg disorder, like it's really hard to see because some, some of the people, I mean, rightfully so are in excruciating pain every day, but mentally it's, it's just so hard on them. They talk about how they're, how they're depressed all the time and how they wake up hurting, how, how they go to sleep hurting. Yeah. And just being, trying to be that, that light for people is. It's tough. Some days are hard. I don't even know what, what word I'm looking for besides it's, it's incredible. Yeah. With any disability, some days are hard. Yep. Most, most days, uh, you know, maybe you got a whole year and maybe 50 days out of your year. Let's, let's say giving it a number 50 days out of a year are harder than every other day you know what i mean like even with me i mean i have a whole problem with my back and you know that just causes me a lot of pain sometimes mm -hmm. but i still have to get up and do things 
I'm a married man, so I have to. I'm. I have a wife. I have a child. I have things I have to do. So you still have to get up and do those things, no matter what you you're going through. You still have to get up and do those things. So I understand what the whole hashtag unbreakable is because sometimes you just have to be unbreakable, no matter what. Absolutely, it is tough. It is tough to hear people because I go through that same thing where I'm seeing people just like all they're doing is complaining and all they're doing is focusing on that negative energy and so I do my best to be the light be the positive side of things and uh, for myself um, that's why I'm constantly in the pursuit of improving my mental well-being constantly learning constantly training constantly you know as a coach myself I understand that I need coaches, right? We need we need the guidance too cuz we got to refill our cup. When we pour out to people, you know, we got to refill our cup otherwise our cup gets empty and then we're stuck with being depressed and being Yeah, sad. we got to keep the cup running over. Right. We so gotta we got to keep gotta, the cup running over so Exactly. We don't run out, you know? Yeah, cuz then otherwise we can't help people, right? We can't be the light. So I definitely feel that pressure sometimes, but that's why I'm constantly like just doing my best to keep it positive. I'm, I'm blessed to have a wife who is amazing. She always lifts me up and encourages me. Mine too. <laughs> yeah. So we work with each other and do what we can. And, uh, you know, I strategically have a few people that I know I can touch base with and say, yo, I'm going through it. And what can, you know, and then they just lift me up, man. And it doesn't take much for me. I'm very quick to get to the positive. So I'm just like, all right, switch it up. Let's go. But yeah, it well, is tough to to hear, you know, people just on that on that um, kind of unfortunate negative side of things. Like all well, if you need a if you need an extra one, I'm I'm right here with you. So. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, man, I'm good connect, with that. Man. So. We gotta connect. Oh, yeah, way, definitely. One of the ways I saw it was I felt like each of my clients individually needed their own bucket, and I always did my best in showing them a great workout, making sure they're happy when they leave. But it can be a lot, especially when you work with people who have disabilities, because like you, you don't know where they're, where they're really coming from and having to pour into every bucket does make it difficult. I mean, especially after that day when you're done and you just feel like there's nothing left. It's 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 very important to to recharge your buckets, and I found I found that over over the past year too. Yeah, and I found like in my business model, if I felt I felt bad about it at first, but I understood it's part of the business. Like there's some people that I can't help, right? And so I did my best, man. I poured into them, and I and I did the work, but there were some people that I had to turn away and just say, man. I don't think you're ready for this, you know, let's let's regroup maybe in a few months, you know, just kind of seeing and understanding in the business like I just can't continually push someone that maybe doesn't want to change right they they kind of had that initial like yeah let's do it. But then I'm showing them and guiding them and I'm like leading them through the process, but then they're not doing anything or they're getting you know not motivated to work out or, or do what they need to do they're not listening they're not being open about what's really happening. And look, they may be going through their own thing, like you're saying, because everyone has their own 
like life going on and, and everything that goes on with the disability. But then I understood like at some point as a business owner, as someone who's really trying to make transformation happen for this person, if it's not happening, then we need to stop working together. Like, and it's right. not a, it's not a bad thing. It's just a, you know, we, let's not continue this because it's not making any change and that's totally fine. We'll make it happen at some point. So that was kind of a big thing I learned in my, in my business. Do you have, do you have any, any stories or people you've worked with that, that stand out the most? Gosh. Um, when early on, when I started training, um, I actually had a client from India. And so oh, wow. that was really cool because for me, like my thought was always, okay, we're all, we can only train in person. Right. So like that trans trans, uh, transfer to doing like online training and doing it through that method, you know, was still kind of shaky for me. I was like, well, I'm not sure exactly how to do it. Like, let's, let's work on this. So actually when I had my client in India, first of all, he's halfway across the world. So I was like, okay, this is cool, right? I'm able to reach someone that's halfway across the world. And then going through the process with him, he lost, man, he lost so much weight, like not unhealthy, but he lost enough weight to uh, start getting up on his feet. And so that was early on. And that was like one of the biggest accomplishments for me as a trainer to know that I could actually do it virtually and build a program that was, you know, that I could deliver virtually and help somebody. He has the same disability that I have. And so that was another piece of it where it's like, oh, and he's got OI too. Oh, and he's able to get up on his feet finally after many years and he's lost weight. He feels good. That was the main thing. Like, you got to feel good. And totally different culture, right? Totally different culture and like the foods that he was eating and really like it was a learning process for both of us during that time. But that was like one of the biggest standouts for me where it was like, wow, this can, this can really happen. That made me, uh, you know, even more energized to make it happen and to help others. So he, he's the biggest standout. Um, there's been, you know, gosh, the, yeah, there's been uh, accomplishments along the way. Um, every, every client is different, you know, every client's different. Mostly it's like the clients that say, man, um, you've made me think about exercise in a new way, or you've made me even think about the possibility that I can do this. Those have been my biggest accomplishments. When, when people tell me that, you know, that's like, all right, cool. Like it's on. I'm curious, how did you, how did you go about finding so many people who from the, the OI community willing to start exercising? Did you do, did you, or were you in Facebook group chats or what? Yeah. Yeah. Facebook was the biggest, was the biggest one. <clears throat> when I, when I first kind of started diving into the community, uh, there's one major Facebook group that is for, uh, for OIers. So I went really heavy into that group. And it's like, at that, at that time, there was about like 15,000 people in it. And so like, that's pretty much all the OIers. No, <laughs> there's, there's more, but you know what I'm saying? So like that had a lot of people. So I was just on Facebook, just, you know, kind of sharing what I was going through. And, um, and then there was a bunch of subgroups, a smaller OI group. So I joined like all of them. And then the next thing I did was reached out and started 
communicating with the actual bigger foundations. So there's one in the United States called the OIF. So I reached out to them and they are, you know, the biggest in the US. So I started doing some work with them, uh, trying to just, you know, get on panels. I spoke at their national conference. I, you know, tried to go to their regional conferences, just trying to, you know, get in front of OIRs because I knew they would go to their events. Then I reached out to the ones that are in Europe. There's one in the Netherlands called Care for Bones, reached out to them, reached out to the OIFE in Europe. And I did the same thing where I'm like, let me, you know, where can I serve you guys and like get my uh, message out to my OIRs. So I started doing events with them and uh, then they helped to spread the word about my book and about the programs that I was working on and all that. So it was really that networking, but through the Facebook group and just being the voice of like, y'all, we could work out. <laughs> like that was a big deal because like nobody was really talking about that so I was the one really saying it and pushing it and um, you know I got a lot of backlash at the same time but at the same time I got a lot of people on board too to say yes so then what I did is I started my own Facebook group and so it's the health and fitness for OI group so once I started that it started filling up and now I think it's at about 16 1600 1600 folks are in there and nice. we're constantly talking about fitness as it relates to OI, you know, and it's engaged. It's, it's the only group that's engaged talking about fitness and OI on Facebook. So that's been um, a huge accomplishment for me, too, is just getting people to talk about this within my community. Right. Yeah. What have you what have you been up to most recently? Most recently, uh, well, I'm working on my next book, so that's going to be that's going to be coming. So I'm writing that, and then um, I did an online course called Reduce Pain in 28 Days. So I basically took how I worked on reducing my pain and put it into a course. So I I built that and I I released that at the beginning of this year. Um, I launched my I have an online platform called Unbreakable Body, and so I put workouts in there all full you know follow along workouts uh anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes and i loaded that up over the last couple of years with workouts and then i created uh calendars for everybody so you can just jump in and you know start to do and pretty much all the workouts are seated and um so i've got you know a good amount of people in there coming in coming and going it's a monthly membership so people come and go and and they come in and do workouts and stuff and so I'm constantly putting uh, content into that platform. And, uh, and then- What is that, is it an app or website? What is that looking like? That's a website. So it's basically like a, a membership website. And um, it's been on a different, it's been on a couple different platforms. I, I host it now on a platform called Groove and it's kind of set up like, a, like an online course style. Um, mm -hmm. I still haven't found the groove on that. Like I, I'm still trying to figure out exactly how I want to deliver that, um, to, to deliver that to people. But um, yeah, so what? people can, it, it's on a website right now, but you can access it on mobile, like on any mobile device you can access it. Yeah. So um, that's cool. And then most recently I put together a course, uh, kind of an online class that I'm in a workshop that I'm going to do called uh get and stay healthy with a disability or limited mobility. And it really is kind of for beginners. So I'm gonna start presenting that every month or every other month on, um, on Zoom. It's gonna be a Zoom class. And uh, that's really meant to you know, help people get started 
So I'm going to, I'm going to do that and, and launch that next month in June. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm really just, you know, just anywhere I can like get out there and like help people, man. So I, I try and put a lot of irons in the fire, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Oh man. I love, I love all of that. That's, I love how you're, how you're talking in front of panels, how you have courses up, follow along workouts. It's, it's incredible because it's like you could, you can have this disability and you can either sit there and let it affect you, or you can really try to go out and make a change for everybody in, for, for everybody in the same group because i mean everybody needs it it's just a matter of of getting there i i i thought it when you were talking about unbreakable and i feel like the only way to become unbreakable is to first see how breakable you are to then form yourself to become unbreakable but because how could you know if you're unbreakable without without like at least broken Yeah, no, that's absolutely it. And and that's what, and look, we all are naturally going to break. We're all going to naturally have broken times, man, no matter what. And look, working out is exactly that, right? We're breaking down muscle so that it can build back up. So like, there's so many parallels there, even when it comes to exercise, but when it comes to being unbreakable, it's exactly that. Look, you're going to have broken moments. So it's like recognizing those broken times too, because a lot of people will just kind of chalk it up to oh well that's just life oh you know i'm just i have bad luck blah 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 but if we embrace them and like and 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 like label it and be like dude that's a time i broke but i got through it oh wait this is a time that i broke but i got through it i healed right that's what unbreakable is all about because you have to really recognize it and then say well how can i avoid that if i can avoid it again or if that happens to me again how can i come through it with a positive mindset instead of letting it break me and mentally break me. So it's all of that combined. Uh, so I, wanna, I wanted to ask about your motivational speaking and yeah. just from the sounds of us talking, you've, <laughs> you've really nailed it. I mean, I'm so motivated after, after everything you're saying. What is, <laughs> the job is done, that? man, thank you. <laughs> yeah. what, is, what does that look like? Do you, like, would you, speak on those panels you were talking about would would it be well what does that motivational speaking look like yeah for me it's been great because i've been able to do it you know kind of twofold where it's like well i can speak to um my disability community and kind of share my story and how they can change but then there's this whole other audience where it's like they just get inspired by what i'm working on they get motivated by what i'm working on they don't have disabilities but they're like dang, dude, this dude's been through a lot. I can do it too. You know, it's that sort of uh, motivational speaking too. So I speak to all audiences, man. I've spoken to kids. I've spoken to uh, seniors. I've spoken to people with disability. I've spoken to just crowds of different, different types of audiences. So for me, excuse me, for me, really the message Uh, being unbreakable as a motivational speaker. It's like, how do I fit that message into this audience's uh, needs, you know? So whenever I'm approached about doing a talk, it's like, well, who's your audience? You know, they're like, well, it's these high school kids. Okay, well, they got to hear a different unbreakable message than the seniors, you know, oh, it's a senior center. 
well, I got to change up my message a little bit for these folks and, and, and get them motivated. Um, or it's like a corporate type of thing where it's like, oh, we just need motivation to, I don't know, up our sales. You know, we're trying to get the sales team motivated. So I got to come in and say, well, you know, how do I, how do I talk about being unbreakable to a sales team? Right. So that's where it's, uh, it gets interesting and it's, and it's, it's work, you know, cause you really got to think, how do I really get my message and, and formulate it into a, a way that this audience is going to get something from it? How do I serve them? How do I reach the goals of the event? How do I reach, you know, more people? Um, at some point it was really me just sharing my story. And then it got to a point where it was like, gosh, you know what? It's not about me. Yes, I share my story, but that's only to support the idea that I'm trying to share with these people and with this audience so that they can be transformed. So that was like a huge transformation for me just in like the speaking world and learning how to speak. And I was a Toastmaster for many years, so I was able to get up every week and speak in front of people. And, uh, and then I just started booking gigs and, and started getting out there and, and talking wherever I could. So... Um, you know, doing podcast interviews, sitting down with people, just talking. I mean, the more you do it, the more you get comfortable with it. So uh, definitely. Be, it, it's definitely a journey and it's a business and it's a, uh, I love doing it. So yeah, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing on itself. Have you found a certain community to be the most receptive of your motivational speaking? Or, I mean, you said you kind of tailor it to, to each population you speak to, but have you found one sect to really connect to what you talk to the most? Yeah, I think, um, I think the senior population, um, you know, really? folks that are a little older than me. Yeah. Um, and it depends on like how I deliver the message to them, but they love to be, they love to hear stories of transformation and, and triumph. You know, they love to hear those stories. Um, so there's been many talks in front of seniors where, you know, afterwards, they're just like, oh, I just love what you talked about. I want to start moving again, right? There were some people that came up to me and they're like, man, I don't know why I stopped exercising. I got to get back to it. You know, like really? 70, 80 year olds telling me this, right? So definitely there, I would say has been um, almost kind of the biggest reception that I've received where it's like what? the most heartfelt reception. Everybody loves the message, but they're the most receptive to to what I'm sharing. And I think that's because uh, that's because like it's brittle bones, like the the disorder is something they can relate to because a lot of older folks get uh, osteoporosis, right, or osteopenia. Like they're dealing with fragile bones and uh, in ways to get moving in the proper way so that they don't break. So when I start talking about what I've been through, they're like, oh man, I can relate to that. And so I think that's another piece of it that, that makes it relatable to them. So if you can give somebody a piece of advice, who's just getting into the space of wanting to work with people who has disabilities, what, what could you say to them? Maybe, maybe they have a disability themselves. Maybe they're just the average Joe wanting to change some lives. Well, then that's twofold. If I'm talking to someone with a disability that wants to help others with disabilities, just remember that it's not about your disability. <laughs> it's not about your disability. You really have to know what that client's disability is and do your research. 
do your assessments, like really find out how that person moves and how they think about their disability. That's a big part of it because how we think about our disability, there's gonna be some overlapping, but there's always, like we were talking about earlier, there's always gonna be something specific that that person feels about their disability. So dive yep. into that. Spend more time talking before you start lifting weights, right? Or moving stuff around. So that's someone with a disability. Someone without a disability, that a non-disabled person who just wants to help, it's really, uh, again, when it comes to adaptive fitness, to me, it's not, you know, getting, adapting the, the, uh, the client to the move, it's adapting the move to the client. Like, how do you bring the fitness to where the client is at? You want to meet them where they're at, especially at the beginning, and just remember that like we learn a lot in school like we learn a lot in our training right i'm a i trained through nasm so like i learn a lot it's all science-based it's like dude, there's a lot of information right most of the time i gotta throw that stuff out the window and i gotta sit, look at my client and say all right let's see how you could do this you know we're gonna make this move and i'm gonna bring it to you what what can you do this is the muscle we're trying to work let's look on let's look at that so it may look a lot different than what we learn as trainers and so that's like kind of the biggest piece of advice that I, you know, see other trainers um, trying to like get somebody with a disability to do it this way, you know, that they have learned, but that's not what it's about. It's about getting that fitness to meet the person where they're at. So I know you said you have an NASM certification, but do you have any, any other uh, certification specifically for adaptive fitness? I do not. And it's interesting that you ask me about that because I'm looking to do that next. Uh, I just, you know, I noticed um, just over this last year when I was, because I have to do my CEUs, right? I got to do my research coming up at the end of this year. I have a program that I'm going to do behavior change specialty, but I was doing some research and there's a lot more specialties that have to do with adaptive fitness. So I was like, yeah. oh, well, first of all, that's awesome because there weren't that, you know, five years ago when I started. And so I'm actually looking for, um, you know, the best one, because there's a few, there's a few different ones. And I would love to get, you know, one or two of those specialties, because I'd like to see what they're teaching too. I'd like to see where their philosophies are, you know, and, and how they're kind of approaching the, uh, approaching the, the topic. So yeah, I don't have it yet. I'm gonna say yet, because uh, I will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, see, I, I actually, I have, I have two different ones and out of the two I rec uh, I have, I would definitely recommend looking up the adaptive trading Academy. Okay. I'm writing this down. Adaptive training Academy. Yeah. If you just go to their website, they only have that one course right now. And I think they're working on functional fitness for people with autism too. But right now that's just, that, that was the main one. I went to this in-person seminar. And I mean, they, th they'll show you how to work with somebody who has an amputation below and above the elbow, below and above the knee. Are they in a wheelchair? Do they have hip function or not? They really go into showing you that, but then also different methods of, of adapting too. And then say you're working with somebody who has autism, they show you different ways of getting that information to them. So it's, it's very versed there. And then I also have another one through MedFit which which is great it's it's an adaptive fitness uh, specialist but out of the two i would recommend first looking up looking up the adaptive training academy and i'm not sure if you've heard of special strong 
I have heard of special strong. They're in I Texas. Haven't, but I see a lot about it. So yeah. I've been I think I might look up that one next, but And there was another one I saw. Um it was Gosh, I'm I'm gonna blank right now. I'll send you an email with one that I found. It wasn't any of those, but there was another one that I found. Um, yeah, I, I'm blanking. It, and it, but it was like special strong. Um, yeah, I'll send it to you. Let me look it up. Let me look. It, I'm not even gonna say anything until I send it to you. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for those recommendations. Yeah, I mean it's just it's nice because those two also count toward counted towards the towards the research too. So it was just cool being able to keep up and learn more information that's even more specialized into what we're doing. So it's yeah. cool stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything I, that can go towards the, the research, the CEUs. Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're getting closer to four. So I have, I have one, I have one more question. What's next. Whew. What's next. Well, definitely uh, really you know, for me, it's um, not only connecting with one-on-one uh, -on -one kind of training, um, but I'm kind of moving into more of a group training kind of model. I'd really like to get some group training, um, group training and coaching going, and then um, also with my with my classes that I'm about to launch. I feel that there's uh, some good stuff that I can do with really reaching people at the beginning of their journey and, uh, you know, motivating and encouraging them to think about things differently. I feel I'm very strong in that where I can help people just kind of break through some mental barriers. So I'm going to really lean into that and, and get this next book done. And, um, you know, with the launch of that, we'll come a few things next year and, uh, yeah, you know, just keep, keep spreading this message, man getting out there talking with great folks like you guys um staying connected i hope and you know just continuing to build this community of adaptive fitness professionals because you know we gotta we gotta make that stronger so that it's really a a, a well-known thing it's not just a little offset it's like no that's part of the industry so that's that's kind of what's next because at least at least for me being in it when i'm alone it often feels like I might be the only one in the gym doing it. And there's not too many people, at least in the surrounding area. So like you said, building up that community of adaptive fitness professionals is, is something we, we have to strive for. Yeah. Cause, because you can even, you can even be talking in that, in, in that group. If you have a question about one client, someone in Ohio, who's an adaptive fitness trainer might know exactly what you're talking about. Yep, exactly. Having that connection, having that type of community would be great. So once you start that, Zach, let me know, and I'm going to jump in that community. <laughs> I know you're working on that, so let's do it. Yeah, yeah, we'll get it done. Okay, yeah. so last thing, where can everybody reach you at? All right, so come to my website, TonyJacobson.com. It's Jacobson with an E, so it's T-O-N-Y-J-A-C-O-B-S-E-N.com. That's got everything, man. You can get my book. You can find out about my classes and coaching. You can find out about Unbreakable Body. You can find out about my mix show because I'm a DJ too. So you'll find out about all uh -oh. sorts of stuff happening on TonyJacobson.com. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, it's called the Unbreakable Mix Show. It's on hiatus right now. But by the time you hear this on the podcast, maybe it's back. I don't know. So just come <laughs> to the website and uh, you're going to find out all the greatness. Make sure you get on my email list and reach out to me. Reach out to me with any questions you have. Look forward to uh, You know. Look forward to hearing from that book. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I got to get, read that. once we're off this, you guys got to send me your uh, address. So I'm going to, I'm going to send a book out to you guys. All right. That'd uh, be great. All right, man. Well, it was an absolute pleasure talking with you. Definitely, definitely have to come back for a round two because we have so much more we didn't even touch base about. Yeah, absolutely. I'm down to uh, I'm down to talk and uh, and just chop it up and get into some specifics about things. So, yeah, we can talk about it. It's great to meet both of you guys. Absolutely. Appreciate your time, man. Thank, thank you for coming on. Boom.